Jesus calls us to die to ourselves and live for him. Some devoted gospel workers around the world are showing us what that looks like in 2020. As I was on the floor weeping and the Holy Spirit was calling me, I gave my life away. The young man who was not even 20, when a pastor could not come into his village, he stood in the gap. And I think that's what cost him his life. We send teams to the worst and the most broken. And they know the chance of abduction is high, the chance of execution is high. And they're staying there, they're staying with their churches. They said, we need to be prepared that some of us will go to prison in the future. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome to this special edition of The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We're about to look back and remember some of the most moving moments on this program in 2020. And get ready, because there were many moving moments. Around the world, God's people are going to some of the most dangerous, hard-to-reach places to spread the gospel of Jesus. They're putting themselves in danger simply because they have died to themselves and said yes to God's calling. We're about to hear several of their stories. As we listen, I hope that we'll be encouraged to become more like some of these guests. I hope we'll be inspired to ask the Lord to give us more boldness to share the hope of Jesus with those around us. Let's begin in one of those difficult places. Earlier this year, we talked with Brother Paul for his security. We only used his first name. He is a gospel worker with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, in Nigeria. Paul told us an amazing story about being called to a certain region of Nigeria. He visited this region and realized that life there would be difficult. But he also saw people who needed to hear the good news of Jesus. While visiting this area, Paul was on a bus with his friend John. The bus driver stopped in a remote area where another bus was stranded with a flat tire. And while these two buses sat side by side in the Nigerian countryside, Paul was attuned to what God was saying. Suddenly I heard the Holy Spirit saying, Paul, I want you to come out of this bus now. I Get off the bus now. right now. Yes. And John said to me, if you are coming out of the bus, I'm following you. People start shouting at us, insulting us, and say, no, why you, do you want to come out of this bus? We come out of the bus, and we were standing beside the road watching. Suddenly, I saw this car that slowed down, that slow, slowing down, and this attracted my attention. And then he put, dim his light, and suddenly turned it off. And they open the door, and suddenly, people come out with automatic weapon. We couldn't tell the people in the bus because they was ready to shoot. We jumped in the bush, but the bush was so thick, I couldn't run. And 
Now we, I decided to crawl under the trees. I was crawling under the tree, and my friend John was also crawling under the tree. We lost each other in the, in, the, in the forest. So Paul was crawling for his life through the bush, and he began to be tempted to doubt. That temptation sounded like this. Do you really want to come here? You know that you can lose your life. You can die here. Your wife can die here. Your children can die here. And I was continuing to pray. I was crawling. And I was continuing to pray and rebuking the voice of the enemy. Suddenly I heard this gentle voice of the Holy Spirit saying to me, I call you to this place. I will be with you. I will protect you. A shooting was going on. So there's gunfire happening. Gunfiring happening. They're in the shooting bus. into the bus. Yes. And, and people, you're crawling through the forest. Yes. And God is speaking to you. Amen. The gunmen heard Paul crawling in the forest, so they started shooting into the trees. Again, Paul realized that God had protected him because he had needed to crawl. So the bullets whizzed over his head. And at this moment, Paul's calling came into focus even more. He realized Satan did not want the gospel to be proclaimed in this area, and Satan was going to make it difficult. But again, Paul heard the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, I will protect you. And suddenly I started rebuking the enemy. I said, I'm not intimidated by what you are doing. I will come back to this place. Paul eventually met up with John and they returned home. Paul sensed God calling him to that violent area. And now he needed to share these thoughts with his wife. And he remembered her response the last time they had talked about this. He remembered her saying, No way. (laughs) Did you see in the news what is happening? But while Paul was visiting this dangerous region, his wife had been at home praying. And God said, I want you there. And it was when I came back, instead of being a discouragement for her, she was already prepared to go where God wanted her to be. She said, Paul, God already speak to me and I'm going. I'm ready to go. Yes. Paul and his wife had to count the cost. They had to decide to lay down their lives and say yes to the Lord's calling. He chose to spare Paul's life that day on the bus, and he has protected this family ever since. But sometimes in the Lord's providence, he calls his faithful workers home. That's what happened earlier this year in Burkina Faso, a country in West Africa. Several church leaders were sharing the gospel in an area where Islamist extremism is growing. Sean Patton tells us the story. On February 10th, uh, a deacon was was shot in front of his wife. You know, they st- stole his, his money, his car, his motorcycle. They actually used his car to abduct a pastor three days later. They abducted the pastor. They abducted his young son, his daughter, a niece, and a couple of his nephews. They took that pastor out. They sent the girls away with a message that they didn't want Christianity in the area. They didn't want any kind of assistance or aid in the area. They executed his nephews and um, his son in front of him and then, and then executed the pastor. And so, um, and I know all of those were given a chance to renounce their faith, and none of them did. 
and some of those were 10 and 12 year old. I won't say boys, I'll say men, because if if you're willing to not renounce your faith and get a bullet in the back of the head, you know, you're you're a man. So pray for these folks that are staying in the conflict areas. It's an impressive thing that they're staying and they, there. They know those stories. Yeah. I mean, they know what could happen. They know they they've seen it happen and they know the chance of abduction is high, the chance of execution is high, and they're staying there. They're staying with their churches um, and ministering in the name of Jesus. And so so pray for those folks. Uh, pray for, for courage and boldness and wisdom. Please continue to pray for the church in Burkina Faso and for this family who gave up so much for the sake of God's kingdom. You know, Burkina Faso is a new country on the Voice of the Martyrs global prayer map for 2021. We'll have more information about that in the global prayer guide, which will come out soon. If you don't already receive the Voice of the Martyrs magazine, come to vomradio.net. There's a button at the top that says Free Magazine. Just click on that and give us your name and address. We would love to send you the Voice of the Martyrs magazine each month to help you pray, to help you know what's happening. It was Sean Patton who shared that story with us from Burkina Faso. He is the Africa Regional Director here at the Voice of the Martyrs. We're looking back on some of the most moving moments of 2020 here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We just heard about a pastor who was targeted and killed. In some places, church leaders think it's actually safer if no one calls them a pastor, but they continue to spread the gospel, not really caring about their title. Aaron Miller takes us to Colombia where guerrillas and paramilitary groups have been targeting churches. He met a group of believers led by a man who does the kind of work a pastor does. They just really were hesitant to use that term. And my translator (laughs) friend, he laughed. He said, they don't want to call him a pastor because if they call him a pastor, that's a different ballgame for them. It's a different, he becomes more of a target. He's already a target because of what he's doing and he's willing to take that. But if if you can lessen it a little bit just by taking that name off or the title, then he's happy to do that. Aaron Miller told us about that trip to Columbia earlier this year. Aaron is the regional director here at the Voice of the Martyrs for Latin America and the Middle East. Aaron also told us about a visit to India earlier in the year and told us about the rising persecution there. He shared the story about another courageous church leader who didn't have the title pastor. But this young man chose to shepherd the church in his Indian village, even under threat of persecution. The young man who was not even 20, when a pastor could not come into his village to continue preaching because of opposition, then this teenage young man, new in his faith, stepped in and said, well, I'll stand in front of the group and hold a Bible and we'll read. He led them in reading God's Word, and he led them in talking about God's Word. Was he theologically prepared? By my standards and other standards, no, he wasn't. But there was a need. There was a, a, a gap in leadership, and he stood in the gap. And I think that's what cost him his life. Aaron Miller also met with other church leaders from India, like this teenager who stood in the gap when no one else was available These church leaders are ready to serve Jesus, no matter the cost. And at the end of our days together, they said, we need to be prepared that some of us will go to prison in the future. 
And so there is a, a resolve, there's a maturity that's coming, there's a, a strength and a dependence on the Lord that is growing. I, I think that's exciting. Aaron just told us about church leaders in India prepared to face imprisonment for the sake of the gospel. Our next guest did go to prison for his faith in Christ. Ibrahim Farouzi was interviewed from inside the Islamic Republic of Iran, where he is now in internal exile. He shared how many times he was pressured to renounce his faith in Jesus and return to Islam. Speaking through an interpreter, Here's Ibrahim Farouzi. At one of my court appearances, the judge openly told me they would dismiss my case and free me if I would simply renounce my faith and also convince other converts to renounce their faith. I never responded to these offers, never argued or compromised in any way. I also did have other cases where they offered a way out. Again, another judge asked me to renounce so I could have a lighter sentence, but that was absolutely not an option for me. I could never turn my back on my faith and submit to this. And by God's grace, I endured a few years in prison in exchange for an eternity with him. That's Ibrahim Farouzi speaking from inside the Islamic Republic of Iran. He's reminding us of our ultimate hope. Jesus has paid the price for us to be right with God and live with him forever. So any suffering that we face now is only momentary in the light of the scope of eternity. Ibrahim is living out that truth. He is staying joyful, even while he is living in exile inside Iran. This is the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. I'm Todd Nettleton. We're reviewing some of the most moving moments of 2020 here on VOM Radio. And I wanted to share with you the story of Sister Joy Subasaguler. Joy arrived in Turkey 10 years ago to serve in the name of Jesus the Lord led her to a godly Turkish man. They got married, started a family, and were working in a church in Turkey. Early this year, Joy went to a government office to renew her residency stamp. It should have been routine. It should have taken just a few minutes. But her file had been labeled with a code saying that she is a threat to national security. When we talked with Joy, her case was under review. She was facing possible eviction from the country. And yet, in the middle of all these unknowns, the Lord was leading Joy to focus on being grateful. I've chosen to be grateful to think about the privilege of living in this great country for 10 years. I don't take that for granted. It's been a wonderful 10 years of my life. My husband is willing to go wherever God leads us. We do not want to leave his family. We want to stay in Turkey. But we know that all of this is in God's control. So we are trusting him. We also ask for wisdom in making good decisions. During this process, we want to do God's will and we want to do what is best for our children. And also for our children, that God would help them experience his peace. They're very young right now, but in all the stress, they are affected. So that God would help them and be very close to them. For our church, that God would raise up leaders in the church. That God would give us wisdom in training them. 
I know our listeners prayed for joy after hearing the program earlier this year on VOM Radio. The update that I have to share doesn't seem like good news. The judge overseeing her case refused to let Joy stay in the country while her appeal was going through the court system. Joy and her family have moved, so keep praying for the church that they left behind, the church where Joy's husband was the pastor, and pray for Joy's family as they enter into this new season of ministry. Pray with me that God will open the door for even greater ministry through this upheaval and the fact that they've been forced out of their home and out of their country. Each of the stories that we've heard from around the world today have at least one thing in common. Over and over, we've seen what it means to lay down our lives, to give up our comfort, to die to ourselves, and to obey the Lord, whatever the cost. Will Hart is going to put an exclamation point on these gospel truths He's the CEO of Iris Global, a ministry that sends gospel workers to places where they are desperately needed. You know, I was a drug addict. I was a goth kid, black hair, black nails. I got radically saved. When people say that, I, it's funny, I, I don't like that term as much as I used to. Uh, but in a moment, I was dead and, and then I was alive. As I was on the floor weeping and the Holy Spirit was calling me, I gave my life away. This life does not belong to me. And I'm a father, I have three kids, I have a wife. I love them all dearly, but they're not the end goal in my life. Uh, I do not serve this world, I serve Jesus. And the kingdom that is to come is, is our glory, it's what we get to look forward to. In our movement, when people come on and when we train, we teach this. And so it is not a surprise when, when, when we do face it, we send teams to the worst and the most broken in the world. That's our, the lowest, the least. We, we go where, where people say you shouldn't go. I faced that when I went to Congo with my wife, and that was a battle. I was, I was just newly married, moved to Mozambique. Mozambique is where Iris Global is headquartered. Will and his wife arrived there ready to serve. But then Heidi Baker, the co-founder of their ministry, asked Will to lead a team into the Congo one of the most dangerous places on the planet at that time. And I run home and I tell my wife, I say, babe, Heidi's asked me to go to the Congo. We're going to go with uh, uh, Herbert Barbuti. He's 18. Cassandra uh, uh, Bassnet, she's 17. And I, I was 24 at the time. We're going to go into the DRC. <laughs> and my wife said, no. I said, what do you mean, no? And uh, we went back and forth. And finally, she said, you're not going. I'm going with you. And, and for the first time in my life, I had to face that I was okay going to Mozambique. I was okay living, you know, in the Christian ba in missionary base. But I was not okay bringing my wife to what at the time was the most dangerous nation in the world. Over 26 rebel groups, I think the highest rape capital in the world was in the DRC. And I walked in my kitchen, it was in the next room over, and here's what I prayed. I said, Lord, my wife is broken, fix her. You were willing to take the risk. Yeah, of course. But you didn't want to put her Why would I do that? She is everything that I know and love in this planet. And the Lord said, Will, this life doesn't belong to you. And he said, true life in me comes from the understanding that this life doesn't belong to you. And I wept. I realized that I was holding on. I was screaming, yes, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll serve you, Jesus. And I know that there are many that are listening that have said that. And that's beautiful, but that's easy. That's not the hard part. The hard part isn't running up to the altar and going, I'll go anywhere. That's the easy part. And I know that a lot of people, we make that altar moment with the Lord 
the the crux of it, but it is not. It, it's just step one. And I realized in that moment, I had these flashbacks of going, yes, you know, in the at the church service, will you go? I'll go, you know, and then facing it, facing the reality of it. And and I, I know this sounds strange, but I just let go. I literally opened my hands and I let go of control. And uh, and I walk back out into my kitchen. And I apologized to my wife. She doesn't remember it, though. Uh, but I, <laughs> I apologized. And and we went into the DRC. And at many times, we faced all of my greatest fears. Uh, we faced, uh, I'll never forget driving uh, through rebel territory as soldiers were eyeballing her up and down. And Cassandra, who was 17, and going, if anything happens, these guys are these guys are going to are going to rape my wife. And there was many times we faced that uh, on that trip. But as I look back over my 20 years of full-time ministry, I've never, I've never seen the miracles. I've never seen the, the favor of God in my life to the point where we were ministering in the middle of Kolonge, which is on the border, the Hutu rebels, the Congolese soldiers were battling the Hutu rebels. And... We walk into our, our little our little conference, which is just a tent, um, and I look out. There was a man there, and I began to pray for him, and he began to weep as as the Holy Spirit fell in his heart and touched him deeply. And as we were as we were, as we were ending, um, he comes running up to me. He goes, "I'm the captain of the Congolese army over this whole region. What just happened to me?" And for two weeks. We discipled him. We would walk with him in the cool of the day. My greatest fear, just check this out. My greatest fear is something that would happen, would happen to my wife. The moment we prayed for him, he handed us his top four guards. And, 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 and for, for days, all the entire time that we were there, our house was surrounded with the greatest wow. trained people. And, and it, it all culminated to a point where we were invited onto the Congolese soldier base. I had to show the pictures to the UN uh, that were based in, they didn't believe this because we're not allowed to even go near their bases. Like, we're not even allowed to talk to soldiers. And I was ushered on to their base and we preached this glorious gospel. And thud, 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 you heard them as they dropped their guns, dropped to their knees and, and cried out for salvation. I watched that captain get up in front of his men. There was about 300 of them there gathered on their base and for 45 minutes sang and worshiped and led his men wow. into worship for 45 minutes. I have pictures I can show you after. And and I realized there that when we say yes to Jesus, we have to let go of control. Our lives do not belong to us. And I think, do are our lives important? Yes. Does Jesus love us? Yes. But he will do anything to reach to reach the lost, the poor, the sick, and the needy. We've had to face this multiple times, um, and most recently I've had to face this as a leader where uh, I was in Mozambique. I sent a team out, um, and they went missing. In the middle of all of this, we were feeding in response to a cyclone, and they went missing, and I was there with one of their wives and their newborn baby, and she was pregnant as, as I had to say, hey, we, we don't know where the boat is. And we're not picking anything up on satellite. And there was war, and we knew that. They knew that going in. But I watched that fear hit that wife. Um, and it's one of those things that I struggle with as a leader, and I think it's healthy. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we, we, this life does not belong to us. And the people that we run with are a tribe that 
that believes the exact same. That's Will Hart with some very challenging words for all of us. Will had to grapple with a fundamental question. Who is in control of my life and my family? After hearing today's program on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio, I know we all are going to be challenged to ask those questions. I hope you'll take some time today and respond to what you have heard. Renew your commitment to boldly obey. Maybe the Lord will have you travel around the world, or maybe he'll have you pick up the phone and share the love of Christ with a friend or a neighbor. We've been reviewing some of the most moving moments of 2020 here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. You can hear all of the complete programs with today's guests when you visit our website, vomradio.net, or find VOM Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. It's so difficult to narrow down the most moving moments of the year. There's no way to fit all of them into one program. So next week, we're going to do it again. Please be back with us as we continue to look back at the most moving moments of 2020 right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.